Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC podcast. Thank you for joining us. The podcast features every previous Sunday's sermon and plenty of other cool content like interviews and mini-series. Please remember to share our content and subscribe to our channel so you can stay up to date with everything that we create. You can find out more about what's happening at the church by visiting our website at mlepc.org or checking us out on our social media. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the MLEPC podcast, and we hope to see you at an event soon. Well, we've been studying the Ten Commandments over the last few weeks. Um, we, we looked at you should have no other gods before you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We looked at what it means to not have other, not to worship idols, to not worship something we think we can control with our hands. We looked at not using the Lord's name in vain, and that meant not just language, but it also meant behavior. Are we behaving like we're carrying the flag of Christ into the world? Today, we're going to uh, look at what it means to rest in the Lord. We rest on Thee, our shield and our defender. What does it mean to have a Sabbath rest and keep it holy? So we're going to start with Exodus 20. Uh, This is verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Turning then over to a look at what Jesus does with the Sabbath. This is starting at Mark, with the end of Mark 2 and going into the beginning of Mark 3. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, we do thank you for your word that is continually speaking to us, whether we're listening or not. Lord, forgive us for our stubborn hearts when we miss the point of your teaching. Lord, we pray for transformation, that we can rest in the truth that you offer us today. 
Lord, strip away our blinders, open our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits to hear the truth of your word. Holy God, send your Holy Spirit to awaken us to all that you want to say to us today through the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So for a little while, when I was in my late 20s, I lived in Vienna, Austria for a couple of years. Um, Interesting place. I was traveling, I was working for World Vision and traveling all the time, and I discovered the hard way when I came home uh, from a trip one Saturday afternoon that everything in Austria is closed from noon on Saturday until Monday morning. You know, that's, that's fine when you have your house stocked, but I had been away for several weeks, I had no food in my house, and everything is now closed. I'm like, how do you guys do it? I asked an Austrian that I worked with, like, how do you guys do this? Like, you know, that's, that's a time that, you know, people need to be out and doing things, that, and just like, we, we try to take care of all of that during the week so that we can rest from Saturday to Sunday, so that we can spend time with our families, so we can go out for walks, so we can just enjoy being and being together. (laughs) And she's like, well, what do Americans do on Saturday and Sunday? I'm like, errands, (laughs) shopping, get all those things done on your list that didn't get done during the week because you were so busy at work, you didn't get time. And and, and she looked at me like, you people are nuts. It was funny to, to kind of get into this rhythm of a different country and a different culture that, that made an awful lot of sense. And once I knew to prepare for it, they sell boxed milk a lot in Austria, so I had a whole cabinet full of that, so I'd never go up, run out of milk on a Saturday. Um, but it was, it was a chance to, to embrace that rhythm of life and, and begin to find rest that I needed and everyone else needed as well. They worked hard during the week and then they rested for that season. It's interesting to think about how we think about Sabbath. How a lot of us, when we hear the fourth commandment, they think, you know, can I do the following things or not on the Sabbath? It's a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, you, you can, uh, <laughs> it was interesting. I think that in the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism, I think they went a little bit too far in describing what you can't do. Um, they said you, there's no loafing on a Sunday. I'm like, I thought that's what rest was. <laughs> I fully embrace loafing uh, on the Sabbath. Um, but, but what is God calling us to do? And what is it beyond just the pharisaical list of things you can and can't do? How is it a gift of the Lord? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Through the, the whole witness of Scripture, you see Sabbath as a reflection of, of the world before the fall, of creation, God resting after he finished creation. He brought it back with the Israelites as he brought them up out of Egypt to point them to the promised land. But it wasn't just to point them to the promised land, it was to point them to the Messiah. And the Messiah was pointing not just to himself, but also to the eternal rest in heaven. So we see this arc of the Sabbath throughout Scripture promising us and reminding us that the Sabbath is all about grace. And it is a grace that we can enjoy at the end of time, but it's also a grace that God gives us today and that we can walk into and lay our burdens down and find rest in the Lord. 
So when we look at, at the, the witness of Scripture, you, see, you literally see Sabbath and rest from Genesis to Revelation. It's over and over and over. It's a thread that you can follow all the way through Scripture. The, the first time, of course, is the seventh day. God completed all of these, uh, th these incredible miracles of creation, and He said, it is good, it is very good. And then He rested. Now, was he resting because he was absolutely exhausted and spent and done? No, he was resting because he was happy. He was pleased. He was resting because the work had been finished, and he could just be with his creation, be with his, his people that he had called. And, and there was this beautiful image of, of flourishing. All of these things he had started to go, started to grow, and they could flourish as he rested. We, we see that one of the first things that the curse happens when, when, Abraham, when, excuse me, when Adam and Eve fall, when they, when they disobey the Lord, what's one of the first curses? That your labor would be hard. Think about the difference between gardening as a hobby and gardening because you need to, to survive. And suddenly God puts striving and, and, and ceaseless labor into the world as a consequence of the fall. And don't we still feel that today? Our labor is hard. Our labor, labor is stressful. It's something we always have to do, and it seems like we've always got more to do. We can never quite finish. That's not how God designed the world to start with. But because of our sinful ways, because we don't rest on God, then labor becomes hard. We see that then through, uh, through the Israelites going into Egypt and then becoming slaves. They're, they were having to work seven days a week, practically 24-7. It was hard. It was striving. It was incredibly burdensome. And God wanted to lift them up out of that. He wanted to set the captives free. And as a reminder of that, he wanted to give them a gift of rest. And he, he said, remember with the manna, the manna was the first time that we really saw the people starting to embrace rest. He said, I will give you manna, which means what is it? I love that. Um, I'll give you manna every single day, and there will be enough for every single day until the, the, the sixth day you're going to get a double portion of manna, and it will last you for two days. Now, some people tried to gather a double portion um, every day, and that didn't work. And some people um, like, were trying to gather on, on Sunday, or excuse me, on the Sabbath, which was Saturday for them, but, but there wouldn't be any manna out. It would only fall on those six days because God wanted his people to rest. He wanted them to be able to, to enjoy the, the promise that he was granting them that they were not slaves anymore. They were free, and he wanted them to be free in the Lord. But he also talks about the rest being a foretaste of the promised land. This is what it says in Joshua 1.13, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. So the promised land is a, is a place of Sabbath for the people. It is a place of rest, of blessing. They will be able to rest there, and God wants to remind them once a week, you will be able to rest even as you're resting right now. It is a, a constant foretaste of what's to come, and we see that pattern over and over then as we move into the New Testament. But did the people obey the Sabbath? They weren't very good at it. It's amazing when, when you look at the, at, at the, the commandment, the, the fourth commandment, he says, 
Let me read that again. The seventh day is a Sabbath for the Lord your God, and you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, male or female servants with slaves, not your animals or any foreigner residing in your towns. This was not just a blessing of the privileged people. This was not just the blessing of a family that could hire servants or own slaves. This was a rest for everyone. How many women in the room, especially you moms, feel like you get a rest on the weekends? <laughs> I have a feeling not many of you do because you're constantly going, going, going. But God wanted intentionally to say this is for men and women. This is for your sons and daughters. This is even for the foreigners that are in your community who may not even follow, you know, the kosher rules and all that. But they, they, they too get blessed by the promise of rest on the Sabbath. Even the animals. I love that God shows his love and grace for the animals, even, even them on the Sabbath day. So God is doing this radical, it was almost a, a bringing of justice to all of those who have to extra toil in their labor. He wanted all of them, rich or poor, slave or free, to enjoy the rest that he was providing for them. But again, they didn't do it. They didn't trust the Lord enough. They, they didn't keep the Sabbath holy. And we see that's one of the sins that, that comes up over and over again in the prophets. <clears throat> in Ezekiel 20, it uses the terms desecrated my Sabbath like 10 times in that chapter. They did not follow my decrees but rejected my laws and they utterly desecrated my Sabbath. So they were not paying attention. They might have gotten caught up in the minutia. They were putting on a form of religion, but they were not honoring the Lord in what they did, and they desecrated the Sabbath. So then comes Jesus. And the time that Jesus is living, it had been dominated by the Pharisees who loved to add rules to the law. They had so many different rules about what you could do and what you couldn't do on the Sabbath. Was, it was kind of crazy, like you weren't supposed to carry a, a load in your left hand or your right hand or around your neck or shoulder, but they could pin it to their shirt, <laughs> and that didn't count as carrying. They would have a marker that would be the Sabbath marker, the, the, as far as you could walk on the Sabbath. Often they would carry their load out there on the day before, and so that by the time they got to that marker, then the stuff that they needed would be there. And one of my favorites that I read yesterday, <laughs> women, like you weren't allowed to tie a knot on the Sabbath, but women could tie their girdle. That's always helpful. So you couldn't tie a knot around a bucket of water to get water from a well, but a woman could tie her girdle to the bucket and draw water. <laughs> Doesn't that make sense? I mean, it's this incredible, you know, cobweb of minutia that were all of these rules, and then in walks Jesus Christ. Jesus is messing with everything they have tried to establish. He, he reminds them that the Sabbath is not because we have to follow all the rules. The Sabbath is gift. The Sabbath is grace. God wants to share his grace to set the captives free, to stop people from their striving, rather than creating this as, as yet another burden that you have to bear. So when his disciples are hungry and they pick grains, grains from the wheat or sorghum, whatever it was, they get yelled at because they're trying to eat. And Jesus is saying, what are you doing? Yeah, the, the, the Sabbath is for feeding of the souls. You are allowed to eat on the Sabbath. Don't you understand that I am here to be the Sabbath rest? I am the Lord of the Sabbath. 
They were so offended by this. And then the next miracle that he, he, he performs, that, that they, they plotted to kill him. That's how seriously they took this. Imagine being in the synagogue that day when the, the man with the shriveled hand came up. And I'm sure the disciples were like, wait till you see this one. <laughs> but, but the Pharisees couldn't stand the fact that he was doing all of these things on the Sabbath. How dare he? You were only supposed to apparently heal if, if somebody's life was at stake. Note to self. Yeah, you can't heal today unless they're really dying. It's just such a crazy rule. But God wants to have the people understand that the Sabbath is gift. The Sabbath is for healing and freedom and restoration. So Jesus stands up and he tells them he doesn't, Jesus doesn't even touch the guy. He doesn't, Jesus doesn't do any labor himself except through the mighty power of God. And he tells the man to stretch out his hand and it's instantly restored. Can you imagine watching that? How incredible that would be. It's instantly restored. And of course, they were all, everyone who, who saw the truth of Sabbath as grace rejoiced and realized that God was at work among them. But those who worship the laws instead of the creator of the laws missed the point entirely, and they decided that they needed to destroy Jesus. Jesus came that we could rest from our striving. That is what his, his grace is all about. It's, he has come to restore people, to restore creation, to bring health and healing, and to show us that we don't have to work to earn our way to heaven. He wants to bring that rest. And that is the rest that, that Hebrews chapter 4 grabs onto as well. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, as, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. The author of Hebrews is saying it's not just a Sunday thing. You get to rest all the time because we rest in thee, our shield and our defender. We are resting in God who wants to lighten this load, who wants to, to take away the burden of sin and guilt that we carry, the sense that we have to prove ourselves worthy uh, of God's love or grace or, or redemption. He's like, I've taken that all on you on the cross. I've, I've taken that from you. I've taken it on myself, and I've set you free from that. That freedom is the rest that you can walk in, even right now. It's really interesting in Revelation and, and chapter 12, or excuse me, chapter 14, it's talking about the difference between heaven and hell. What is the, one of the major differences between heaven and hell? Here is hell is a place where they have no rest day or night. Heaven Blessed in these are, indeed are those who die in the Lord, for they may rest from their labors. What a contrast. Hell is where you will never rest day or night. Heaven is a place where you can rest from your labors, where you can, can dwell in the house of the Lord forever, where there is peace and, and grace and love and flourishing. This is gift. It is all gift. God is hand, standing there handing it to you that through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you believe in Christ, he will set you free and he will give you eternal life and an eternal life of rest. We don't need to strive anymore because this rest is God's promise of grace for us. It was interesting when I was um, at the beginning of the 
pandemic, I was trying to understand um, why God was telling the whole world to stop, <laughs> to shut down, to, I mean, it was, that wasn't that bizarre. I, it's almost like we dreamed it. It was so weird, and yeah, I know it's not done yet, but, but that the hardcore part of it was just so crazy. And I, I was doing some study on, like, is this the, the, the Sabbath time for the world, for the, the church, for, and it was really interesting. I was trying to think, like, okay, it, what's Sabbath for? And I, my, in my head, I was thinking Sabbath is because we will be more productive later. And, and that is true. That is a blessing that God gives us, that, that as a, a field lies fallow, it will be more productive later. But when you read about Sabbath, most of the time, Sabbath is about shalom. Sabbath is about peace. Sabbath is not um, God resting on the seventh day so he could be more productive on day eight. Sabbath is because that is what is real and true, that, that we can rest in God and in His grace for all time. Sabbath isn't just so that we can strive better later. Sabbath is gift, and Sabbath is grace. Our, our problem with Sabbath is that we either have too many rules for ourselves, or we just don't think it's important, and, and, and we give up and sometimes we find that it's easier to keep busy because we're busy all the time. That's our speed that we're familiar with. And so it's easier to keep at that speed, even with leisure activities. So we keep going and going and going. I quoted a, something in the e-letter that was, it was a, a little tiny note. It was like that big that my father had written and taped to his desk. My dad was a workaholic. <laughs> he was a faithful Christian man, but he worked all the time. And, and even when he was home, he would be at work in his, in his office. It was rare that he would rest. And on that little piece of paper was something he had learned in it later in his life and written down. It said, I give myself permission to rest and to have fun and to not have to prove myself by working all the time. How many of you feel like you're carrying that burden? I can't rest. I can't have fun because I need to prove myself by working all the time. And God's saying, wait, stop. Once a week, rest. And he doesn't even just say that in the Old Testament. It's not just once a week rest. It's once every seven years, completely rest. And once every 50 years, have a party. <laughs> like, let go of everything. God wants this rhythm of rest in our lives to take care of us now and so that we can celebrate the promise that he is bringing us in the future. But the thing is, it takes an incredible amount of trust and faith to believe that rest is okay. Because we think the whole world will stop spinning if we're not taking care of it. <laughs> Newsflash, the world will continue to revolve even without you. God is God and we are not. But we put this pressure on ourselves. Everything's going to fall apart if I don't stay in control. And God's going, you're never in control to start with. It's okay to let it go and rest in me. Stanley Howarth says, Sabbath keeping is a sign of trust that God governs this world. Therefore, we don't have to make work, make, we don't have to work to make things come out right. It takes people confident in God to rest. It takes people confident in God to rest. Do you trust God enough? that you can lay your burdens down and rest, rest in him, to trust that he will take care of everything 
It, that is why we need to do this once a week because we, you know, by Tuesday we're already striving again. And by, hopefully by Sunday we go, oh, right, this isn't my job to do. It's God's job to do. And we, we, we have to, to rest over and over in that. Rest is grace. Rest is, is not having to earn our way to heaven. Rest is today as well as a promise for the future. What do your, your Sabbath days look like? Some people can take Sabbath on Sunday. Sabbath, a big part of Sabbath is worship. And, and we want to be able to spend time in worship before the Lord to, to reset our priorities and our brains and, and restore that relationship with God that we may have drifted away from during the week. Worship is a huge part of Sabbath. But there are some of you, um, some listening online, that are not able to, to, to have your Sabbath on a Sunday. Pastors don't get a lot of rest on Sundays. <laughs> so are you able to find another day of the week to rest? It's very important for us to have that time. Sometimes people get frustrated with me because I don't answer very many emails on Mondays because that is my day off. And I really try to guard it and protect it. And sometimes I feel guilty that I'm not doing that, but I know that I need to rest and I will be a better pastor for you if I have that time away and can let things go. So God is, is continually inviting us into this time of rest, but it takes discipline. It takes, uh, it takes intentionality. You just can't, can't just fall into it. Uh, Tim Keller, one of my favorite pastors of all time, he is so amazing. He has an article about, about Sabbath rest and what it looks like and how we can integrate Sabbath more into our lives. He has a list of six things. This is not a list that you have to do every single Sunday, promise. But there might be one or two that speak to you that you want to pursue on a Sabbath day. He says the, the first one, set aside some time to, for completely unplanned time. Where you don't have, like, you, you know how easy it is to go from scheduled thing to scheduled thing to scheduled thing. He's like, set aside some time, block it off on your calendar. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Are you craving ice cream? Go for ice cream. Do you need a nap? Take a nap. Jesus napped. Remember that. Jesus took naps. It's okay. My, one of my favorite things on the planet is a Sunday afternoon nap. Resting also includes catching up on sleep, and God is okay with that. When, when Elijah was having his, his horrible time right after the prophets of Baal incident, what did, he, what did God do with Elijah? He let him sleep and fed him. <laughs> there are times when that's, that's the best thing we can do on our Sabbath. So, so have some time that's completely unplanned. Think about some time that's, he calls it avocational. So vocation is the work that you do. Have some time that you do something that's completely different from that. So if somebody is a writer all the time, you don't want to write during your downtime. You might want to go do some crafting or play basketball with your kid. But, but if somebody is, is working all the time and like very left-brained and all of that, you might want to do some creative writing when you're, when you're off. What is an avocation? What is a, a hobby, a thing that is restful and, and feeding to your soul? What's a way to be creative during that time? Um, he also recommends uh, setting aside a little bit of time to be contemplative, to, to truly rest in the scriptures, not to pull out all your concordances and, and commentaries, but just to meditate on scripture, to, to, to rest in the Lord and think about what that means uh, for our lives. 
He, he recommends aesthetic time, which means contemplating beauty. The, the Japanese have something they call forest therapy. I believe in forest therapy. So if you go, or excuse me, it's forest bathing. That's what it is. You walk through a forest and you're kind of bathed in the, the clean air and the, the green and the environment. If, that is something that is good for the soul. God's beauty, the beauty of his creation, our souls are crying out for that. And when we, all we see is concrete and stoplights, that, that shrivels up our soul. But it's good to spend time in the beauty of creation. Another one is to spend time nurturing relationships. Are there people that you want to spend more time with? Your, your kids, your grandparents, your, uh, your family, your friends. Is there time when you can set this, the, our phones aside and just be present, play a game, hang out together, and enjoy one another? That's one thing the Austrians were really good at was, was being able to spend quality time with their families and, and enjoy that. And, and Keller's final point is really interesting. He said, inject more Sabbath into your work. So not just one day a week you're doing this kind of resting, but, but remind yourself that there's rest all through the week. He, he raised the point of, um, in, in Leviticus, it tells the farmers not to plow the edges of your fields. You're supposed to leave the edges so that poor people can, can uh, glean the grain from the edges. And, and he said, we need to be thinking about that with work because often our Sabbath gets really busy because we had no margin during our work day or during our work week. We had no margin for people who were in need. We had no margin for, for emergencies or anything. And so we all, the, all of the rest of it spills over onto the Sabbath. He says, leave a little Sabbath during the week so that you can respond to that appropriately and rest during the week too, but then you can, that will help you keep the discipline of the seventh day. This is not a list of rules. This is, this is how we can help appreciate the gift. It is not a list of rules. The Sabbath is gift. The Sabbath is grace. The Sabbath is promise that God Will, will give you rest, will restore your heart, your body, your mind, your spirit. I, I love that there was a line that struck me in the, in the hymn that we sang a minute ago, We Rest on Thee. I promise, I, I feel like I never had seen this before. We go in faith, our own great weakness feeling, and needing more each day thy grace to know. We go in faith, our own great weakness feeling, and needing more each day thy grace to know. The Sabbath is because we are weak. We are not able to control all of the world and fix all of the problems. But God's grace is more than sufficient. His grace is more than sufficient to lift your load. He is more than sufficient to walk with you in this. And as we live out this truth once a week and every single day, we remind ourselves that there is an incredible promise of eternal rest where we can celebrate with Jesus Christ, with our loved ones forever. Jesus, as you well know, reminds us that we can't do it all ourselves. And he says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Brothers and sisters, let us rest in the Lord. Hi, this is Pastor Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can check out our website at mlepc.org and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. Have a blessed day.